Welcome to the Content Amplified Podcast, brought to you by Masset. Our goal is to help you get more from your marketing content. Each episode is a 10 to 15 minute interview with industry experts that share amazing insights to help you squeeze as much juice from your content as you possibly can. Here's today's interview. Welcome back to another episode of Content Amplified. Today, I'm joined by Chrissy. Chrissy, welcome to the show. Hi, happy to be here. Thanks for taking the time. Well, Chrissy and I were were nerding out over data, but we're going to kind of dive into Chrissy's background first, and then we'll introduce the subject for today. But Chrissy, tell us about yourself, who you are, what you love about marketing, what you do, some of that stuff to kind of set the stage. I am a marketer. I've been a marketer for about eight years now. Started out at Expedia and then moved on to FinTech and have been focusing on developer tools and SaaS marketing for the past five years or so. I got a degree in history and uh, creative writing. So I feel like marketing is a good combination of those two things. I love the idea of taking people on a journey and telling a story. And I think marketing is the best way to do that. And I really love developer tools and software. And I love nerding out about that kind of stuff. So what better story to tell, I think. That's awesome. Well, today we're going to dive into content metrics. What are the things that you should track? What are some metrics that may not be so important to track? And uh, specifics on systems and, and a few things like that. This is one of my areas that I love. And uh, already having a conversation before we started recording, I've learned a ton from Chrissy, so I'm excited to dive into the subject. But Chrissy, you kind of have a firm opinion about vanity metrics. What, what are your personal opinions on what metrics may be vanity metrics, what may not be, what should and shouldn't you track? How do you kind of start to look at things and, and the right kinds of things to track when it comes to your content? Yes, I'm a firm believer in death to vanity metrics. There's there's a seductive allure to vanity metrics. And basically, they're things that look impressive on the surface, but don't actually tell you anything. Common vanity metrics, those are impressions, likes, comments, open rates, views, traffic, time on site. And these things all look really good on paper, but they don't provide any substantial evidence of ROI or, you know, customer lifetime value or revenue. It's not like they're entirely useless. They can measure things like brand awareness, for example. But um, I think with marketers, especially these days, you need to prove that you're, you're bringing in revenue and you're bringing in customers. And I think the way that you do that is through metrics that track conversions. So it sounds like you, you still feel like some of those metrics are important but not necessarily something you're bragging about to your boss per se. So I guess for those metrics, are those things that you typically just kind of say, okay, cool, I have the information, but here's what I'm really focusing on. Is that kind of how you differentiate them? Yes. So non-transactional kind of goals like, like brand awareness, if there's a huge dip or a huge gain, like that tells you that there is something happening. So it's, it's good to keep those in mind. But when it comes to marketing, you really do want to focus on like, how are you actually contributing revenue? I think I mentioned this to you before. The switch from universal analytics to GA4 was, I think, a really pivotal time in content marketing. And I think a lot of content marketers were really opposed to it because it meant that we had to kind of reframe our education on metrics. But the great thing about GA4 is that it made us return to engagement and action. 
not just time on page. It's what is actually converting. So conversion metrics in GA4 are incredibly important. One of my favorite metrics is engagement rate. So everybody was really upset about bounce rate is gone, but engagement rate is is 10 times better. (laughs) So people came to the page. Did they take actions? Were they there for more than 10 seconds? Did they do a conversion event? And did they see more than two pages or two screens? I think that tells you a whole lot more than how many people showed up and then left. If you're looking at engagement rate, what would be, and I know every industry product company is all completely different. Do you have any recommendations for like benchmarks that you would say, hey, this is a red flag engagement rate, or this is a, hey, you're probably doing something right. What would be some of those, at least baselines for people to consider? I would say that 60% engagement rate is pretty good. So there's a few things that go into that. It's Engaged sessions, so how many people showed up and how many people were engaged, how many people did a conversion event. So it's it's a formula, but I would say 60% is a pretty good conversion rate. So at my company, we had a 47% conversion rate, and that told me that there was some room for improvement. So now we're we're hovering at about a 65 to 66% engagement rate, but I think 60 is a, is a good place to aim for. So if you're there, then you're doing a lot of things right. Talking about GA4 universal analytics, what are, what are some of the other metrics that you love um, from that platform that you're often tracking that you think are important? I would say that one of my favorites is page or screen views per session. So multiple page views during a session That's a really great indicator of engagement. GA4 considers sessions with more than one page or screen view as more engaged. So I like the fact that there's engagement rate that encapsulates a lot of different engagement metrics, but pages or screen views is is also really important, especially now as we're talking about customer journeys or buying journeys. If you have 1.5 page views per session, then people aren't really going on that much of a journey. It's it's a step and a half. So on my old website, we had something like 1.3 pages per session. And now we're hovering at about 4.5 to 5.3 pages per session. And that's telling us a lot that people are going from page to page. They're getting engaged with that content. They're taking action. And I think that's the key is are people coming to your site and taking action? Page views during a session is a is a really fun one for me. And I'm fascinated by that metric. So how did you make that increase? Like, how do you get people to go down this rabbit hole of content discovery and really just intrigue them to keep searching? What, what have you done to increase from a 1.5 to like a 4 to a 5? The thing that I wanted to keep in mind is that everybody's journey is different when it comes to a website. Some people are first-time visitors and they just kind of want to get an idea of the territory. Some people are returning visitors and maybe they're looking for something that they saw before. So I want to provide a journey that is customized based on have they been here before? Do we want to welcome them back? So for a lot of first-time visitors, we have different CTAs based on that. So a first-time visitor asking them to download an ebook or sign up for a demo, that's a little bit of a tough ask. So for first-time visitors, we have it customized to sign up for a newsletter. 
check out our blog, some other kinds of content that get them acquainted with who we are and what we do. And for return visitors, we have some different CTAs that appear around, hey, can we run a specific report for you? So Macrometa, one of our core products increases core web vitals for enterprise websites. So we can take a look at an IP address or where they're coming from and say, hey, you have some room for improvement of your Lighthouse score. Would you like us to run a report? Doing that for a first-time visitor isn't necessarily a great ask, but a returning visitor, I think that's a really alluring piece of content. And the other thing that I did was I wanted to have action throughout a page. So on our homepage, I'll do an introduction to an idea and then have them go learn more. So instead of keeping CTAs at the top or at the very, very bottom where people have to scroll to kind of find what they want, I give them little steps on their journey throughout the way. When someone does eventually download an ebook or uh, sign up for a webinar or something, we, I know that they've been two or three pages deep into the website. Really, it's just reveal a little bit and give them an option to exit the journey early and you know, go off on that tangent. And then that's where you're going to get links to more middle of funnel, bottom of funnel content, and they can continue the journey from there. So really just being aware that your homepage is just a place to introduce ideas. And if someone's a first time visitor, and someone's a returning visitor, they're going to want different things. You know, it's all a work in progress. But I think that's part of what's contributed to that increase in pages per session. When you're looking at landing pages, the advice and the the overall normal recommendation with landing pages was get rid of your header, get rid of your footer, just trap them in there. There's no way but the form to exit, right? You trapped them. They don't want to click the back button. They, they just want to move forward. Do you have that same approach or do you feel like landing pages are different? How do you treat those two different scenarios? Because I agree with your philosophy on homepages it's making me question how I treat landing pages. So I'm curious if you have this figured out already. That's why I think the navigation bar is incredibly important. I think that's the way to be not obtrusive and not kind of pushy, but also gives people an avenue to choose their own adventure. So a navigation bar doesn't have to be crazy, but it needs to be well-worded. So if you're thinking about solutions, blog, here's a link to a demo, just having that navigation bar be really clear. And then it allows people to go on that journey. I'm not super concerned about headers. I don't think they're really important. I think they can add some visual interest, but I put a lot of focus on the navigation bar. Is it clear? Is it concise? If people are interested, they can skip ahead to whatever journey they want to take. But I think having a navigation bar that stays with you is, that's what I have found is really, really helpful. I don't want to change the reading journey, but I do want people to have an out to like navigate new threads and, you know, skip ahead if they want to. I put a lot of importance on the navigation bar for sure. I think that's really smart. That's cool. Well, as promised, this has come to an end. We, we've gone through all the material for today. The podcast is super short, so it's bite-sized good material. I could see like eight other episodes I'd be fascinated to talk to you about, but I really do appreciate it. These are a couple of metrics that I think are absolutely vital for content tracking and success. I think it's such a great way to look at uh, those vanity top-of-the-funnel metrics 
keeping those in their place, but really saying, okay, these are the things that I'm really concerned about. I think you have a very tactical approach on this turns into revenue and these are the metrics I'm going to measure. And I think that's great. I'm also guessing your sales team loves you and the rest of the marketing (laughs) team because believe me, every time a marketer goes into a sales team and talks about impressions, no one's going to be very impressed. I've been in those meetings. I've been the, not only have I been the presenter, but I can also been the the receiver of those. And and I can definitely tell you that the vanity metrics do not, you come out of that meeting a little less for wear at the end of that meeting, but um, it's such a, a powerful thing. So Chrissy, thank you for your time. If anyone wants to connect and continue the conversation, ask you questions, because I already have a million more questions I want to ask. How can they connect with you online? How do they reach out? You can find me on LinkedIn. It's Chrissy Buchanan at Macrometa. Feel free to email me, Chrissy, C-H-R-I-S-S-I-E at Macrometa, M-A-C-R-O-M-E-T-A.com. I'm I'm happy to answer questions and give guidance to anybody out there that wants to reach out. Love it. Well, Chrissy, thanks for your time today. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Content Amplified podcast. Please subscribe and leave us a review. And for additional ways to get more out of your content, visit our website at getmasset.com. That's getmasset.com. And tune in next time to the Content Amplified podcast.